G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it's great to have you listening today. My name's Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message that you can grow your faith all throughout the week. Today, we launch a brand new series called Love, Dates and Heartbreaks. And at Beyond Church on the weekend, we had part one. And today, I sit down with Chris Podlick and we unpack the first episode of this series. Chris looks at both the myths that he talked about at Beyond at Home and in our physical service. And we talk about questions such as, is there a one? How important is preparation in relationships? And are Christians immune from bad relationships? So we really hope you enjoy this episode of the Beyond the Message podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Chris, can I start with a story? Hey, yes. (laughs) Uh, The other day, it was a Thursday afternoon, I got to hang out with two professionals. Um, I got to witness two incredible human beings in their habitat, absolutely killing what they were doing. Chris, what am I talking about? Are you talking about the Beyond at Home filming? Probably not. It's less (laughs) of a story, more of a riddle. Uh, I'm talking about Beyond at Home. I I got to sit in on a filming of you and Pat and it was incredible just zipping around this location in about half an hour filming uh, a quality, quality message, which I got to view on YouTube because I was homesick. So I got to see it twice. I've seen the Polish version and the even more Polish version. It was awesome. And, and isn't it incredible how Pat takes all those bits that I just like bugger up, don't get the sentences right, have no idea where I'm going, and then he makes it look so good. Like a master seamstress. Oh, Pat is incredible at that. He he is. It was very good. I I was yeah. I just I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, he was. Pat crushed it. I did like the the little stitch together where I dressed up as a girl was <laughs> just not the first time I've done that. Let's just say that <laughs> it worked out well. I did enjoy it. It was a good comedic relief to uh, to a great message. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, cheeky plug, go to our YouTube channel. And check, check out. out the Beyond at Home for this one. Check it out. Well, Chris, it's part one, love, dates, and heartbreaks. Um, mm. This series, even just from a beyond the message, uh, you know, like point of view is exciting. Um, we are matching Problem of Jesus series, six episodes with another six episodes for this series um, mm. with yourself, some other special guests, and Jason Perkins. So from my point of view, this is an exciting time talking about relationships um but chris you mentioned on sunday you're excited about a whole bunch of things what are you excited about for this series well the big thing that i'm excited about is i just i'm excited for people to stop making relationship decisions that undermine their relationships and um i just see it all the time i talked about on the weekend and people just make decisions relationally and it kind of undermines not only their current relationship but it undermines potential future relationships that they could get into where they make decisions. Um, and so really I'm kind of, I'm going to sound like the myth guy. Here's a little, here's a little teaser for part three because Perko's in for part two, but I'm going to sound like the myth guy. Cause over the, my part one and part three, we're going to uncover five myths that people have a lot of myths, five of them. Um, people listening to this in part one, we would have got, we went through two, but I just think like, there's so many assumptions we have in relationships. And so with this series, I'm kind of, I'm really excited to bring them to the surface and kind of expose 
those assumptions so we can wrestle with like the idea, well, do I believe that? And if I don't believe it, then I, then I need to change, change the way I approach that. So, yeah. That's cool. That's, um, that I'm, I'm excited for that. And I'm sure our whole community, both in person and online, can't wait to mm-hmm. get in and amongst that. Um, but it's the start of the series. I like to give you an opportunity to kind of maybe share your inspiration. But today I actually want to ask you, is there anything that you um, talked about on Sunday or anything you had to kind of not talk about on Sunday? Because there are so many things. Uh, I know you only get a small time slot there. So what, what do we miss out on? What, what can we um, kind of cover in the Beyond the Message exclusively yeah. that, that missed a Sunday? Well, there's some people might not know this, Locke. But there's a lot that hits the cutting room floor in a message. And this is part of why I love the Beyond the Message podcast is because we can talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. And um, there was probably, the me- I think the message was about 28, 29 minutes, which is a longer-ish message for, um, for us. Um, That's a whopper. Yeah. But there was... You, there was yeah. Sorry, you go. <laughs> I was just talking to one of the students at school who's, um, his church that he attends goes for four hours. Um, so you would have just been just getting through the intro at that stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not smart enough to come up with a four-hour <laughs> message every week. Hey. But yeah, there was, there was a big chunk that, um, that we cut out just, just for timing-wise, and we thought it probably fit better on the podcast. But I think for, um, for guys, particularly guys who are, who are dating or guys who are engaged or really guys in general, one of the things I'm excited for for this series is and, and I say this as a guy is sometimes I think our approach to, to dating and, um, and relationships can be a little bit hypocritical. And what I mean by that is, is that, um, that guys, we have this tendency to, to treat, treat women in a certain way that we would never treat our mum, that we would never treat our sister if we had them. And if, if we were to treat, if or if we were to hear that someone was treating our sister or our mum some of the ways that we treat women, um, we'd probably want to do something to them, and it wouldn't be super nice. And so, um, I'm excited for this series for for some of for guys to kind of stop being hypocrites um, in a way. And I know that sounds a little harsh. I don't I don't mean it that way. But and if you're listening to the podcast and you're not a Christian, like maybe one of the reasons that you don't like Christianity is because there's a whole bunch of hypocrites. Um, or, or you think they're a whole bunch of hypocrites. I don't, I just don't want you to add to be another hypocrite in the world in the way that you approach relationships. Um, and then just very briefly, the other for the for the ladies, and like I always um I always tread carefully when I talk to the ladies, uh, because I've never been one. So I like to kind of you had your make brief stint on Beyond the Home, but that was about 30 seconds. Um, again, two cheeky plugs for Beyond at Home. <laughs> uh, so, so I kind of like, I just want to say this and then I'll, I'll just kind of like step out and then I'll run away really quickly. Um, I, I don't want any female to ever feel like they're a commodity, you know, because commodities are traded, um, they're used and then they're oftentimes discarded. And I don't want any female because of, what they've been told or because of the actions of a guy or another person to get to a point where, where they believe that they're a commodity. And so um, I'm really excited for this series because I, I just think that, that you deserve so much more than to be treated or view yourself as a commodity. It's really good. That's really good. Um, I think before we even get into the questions for this episode, I kind of want to put our 
our credentials on the table, Chris. And it might sound a bit odd, but um, Chris, you're married. You've been married for six years. Yes, six and a half. Six and a half years. Very good. I am coming up to uh, one year, which is very exciting. Chris married me. Not, not that we're married. I never know how to say this. Chris performed <laughs> our marriage ceremony. Um, it was a great time. My, what I mean by my credentials in this space is that uh, I'm an individual who has failed relationally like many times and still does. And I, I talked to P- a Perko on the podcast. We've recorded that episode. And man, I was just sitting at, almost sitting at his feet taking in all this wisdom about relationships. So in, in many ways, my credentials is that um, I have none and that I'm just someone that is uh, excited to learn because, you know, this, this can apply to romantic relationships for me as a married man, um, but this applies to my family, to my friends, to my coworkers, to my supervisors. So I, I am, I'm super excited because I'm sitting here just going, wow, this is, this is a series that's for me and I know there's so much gold. Um, to get from it. I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of it. I don't really feel qualified to speak on marriage. I was, I was literally just, Em and I were hanging out last night and I sort of said, you know, we're coming up on seven years and I feel like I'm just like <laughs> now starting to kind of wrap my head around this whole marriage thing um, yeah. and how to kind of start to begin to do it to do it well. And a lot of, a lot of the wisdom I like all of the wisdom I have is not my own. It's either because I've seen other people do it or because uh, Jesus talks about it. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get straight into it because we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, Chris, you've talked about myths. You've said there's five coming in the next, uh, well, your first two messages of this series. And we're going to take a look at myth number one, Mm. which says, is there a right person for me? And, and Chris, I want to, I want to know, is there a one or is there multiple ones? Are there, are there someone that's predestined for us or are there multiple people that could work? Cause I, I'd like to know. Yeah. I, I like that idea. Well, and here's, here's where I, here's where I try to take that is because if you're someone that wants to believe that, Hey, there's one right person for me. I think, I think it's important to like tease out the implications on the other side of that equation, because when we kind of think about it, often we're thinking it from our perspective, like there's one right person, I'm going to find them. It's going to be great. Um, and we're destined to be together. Um, but I guess on the, if you were to put yourself on the other side of that is, would you be comfortable bearing the entire weight of someone else's expectations? You know, of like, if they were to, if they're, if they're out, if someone else is out there kind of saying you're my one and you've got to kind of maybe fill all these needs or fix us or complete me or fill a void, would you be comfortable filling that, filling that space? And, um, and maybe other people would be a lot more comfortable, but I, I am just not. Um, and then on the flip side of that is what if you, what if you meet who you think was the one and then you get married and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, hang on a minute, you're not the one anymore. Does that mean that you got the wrong one or the one came along? I just don't think that, um, yeah, I just don't know if that's the most helpful approach to, um, to kind of relationships and the idea that, oh, there's this, this one person out there for me because I think it leads to a lot of, and then there's the, also the flip side. What if you get married and then the other person turns around to you and goes, oh, sorry, um, I just realized I thought you were the one, but you're not the one. I found the one. Uh, and where off you'd be like, but hang on a minute, I think you're the you're the one for me. And they're like, no, 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 you, you'll you'll get it later. Yeah, there you go. 
So we can't really give it an exact answer to that. Hey, like we don't know, but it's somewhat an unhealthy framework to build a relationship from. Here's my, here's my take on that block. If you get married, the moment you say, I do, that person becomes the one. The moment, the moment I said, I do to Emma, Emma's the one. There's no one. I'm not, you know, it's not like, oh, could there possibly, because I'm not, entertain- I'm not even entertaining that thought. I've mm. made my decision. Emma's made her decision. Emma's the one for me. Yeah, that's cool. That's helpful for married people. And I'm sure that as we keep talking and get through the rest of the questions here, we'll kind of get that. Oh, well, what if I'm, what if I'm like, I'm genuinely single and like, yeah, it's good for you married people, but you know, like I'm single. I don't know anything. So we'll, we'll get there. Single people. Hold on, hold on. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Myth number two, let's get into this one. Mm. Um, This is all about preparation. And Chris, I want to know, can a promise ever override preparation? Um, not, not in the long run. Not in the long run. I think some people can kind of convince themselves that a promise can override preparation um, in the short term because they see it happen in the short term, but that it always falls apart in the long term. So, like, for example, you know, one of the things that I think is, like, can you run a marathon without training? And, like, some people might be like, oh, yeah, because I've seen that guy on YouTube do it and he, like, <laughs> did it and, like, whatever. Like, great. The guy had a base level of fitness maybe ran a marathon one time, but then he was wiped out for the next three weeks and couldn't walk and had blisters on his feet. And it was just like, and then he just goes around for the rest of his life saying like, remember that one time I ran a marathon without any training. And that's all like good for that. But then you take that example into marriage and you kind of stand before someone on their wedding day and you make all these promises. Like, I'm going to love you. I'm not going to like look at other people. We're, We're together in sickness and in health. Like it does nothing in a relationship to kind of go, oh yeah, but remember that one time five years ago when I made that promise and I did it for like a week. Like it, it just it just doesn't, doesn't. And so preparation makes permanent. And so I think the way you're preparing right now, and, and I would say the way you're preparing is the way that you, you date, the way you think about dating, the way, um, you know, you think about your marriage, the way that you handle arguments, um, the way that you handle disagreements, all that sort of stuff, all of the things that you're doing are preparing you to become the person that you're going to become. And so the question is, think about like how you're preparing and is it setting you up to, to be able to make, when you make those promises, have you prepared in a way that'll help you keep them? Yeah, that's good. You're smashing through these myths. I'm looking forward to the, the next episode when we can go three questions just straight on the myths. Um, that's good. Great answer. Um, now this next one, a little bit controversial, um, and we're going to talk about Jesus a little bit. Uh, and I want to know, are Christians immune from bad relationships? Cause if we've got Jesus living in us, that means that our relationships are perfect. Right. Um, but I want to know what effect, like what, what effect does Jesus actually have on someone's relationships? Does it, does it matter? Can someone have good relationships without following Jesus? Or, uh, I'm just, I'm just curious by, you know, Jesus in the space of our personal relationships. Yeah, I think if you're a Christian, you always have perfect relationships and you always nail it and you know. Um <laughs> it's it's not it's not that it's not the case. And I, I like one of the passages, the passage we looked at on the weekend is from John 15. And I wanted to highlight like like the the, the kind of standard that Jesus sets for us relationally. 
And I mean, this, the, the reason that Christians don't have perfect relationships is because Christians are just like anyone else. We're like selfish people, you know, um, we're selfish people, but Jesus introduces this new way and this new standard. And it's a standard we're trying to um, live up to. And we definitely don't nail because it's a pretty high standard. Like it's a ridiculously demanding standard. And, and Jesus says this in John 15, 12, he says, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. Um, and I think that I like that specific because kind of this idea of like, you know, people are like, Oh, we just need to love each other more. Or we just need a little bit more love in the world. Like for me, my thought is always like, well, who's love? Like whose version of love? Like, was it the love that someone experienced in a broken home? Was it the love that like someone whose parent was like living their dreams through Is it their, that kind of love? Is it the love of a manipulative, manipulative, emotionally manipulative person got there in the end? Like what, it, like whose love and whose standard of love are we like measuring this against if we just need a little bit more love? And for me, Jesus gives us this picture of love. Like, hey, if you want to love, and if you want to know what a real picture of love is, it's to love each other the way that I've loved you. And that picture of love for me is something that A, I want to aspire towards, but B, it's really, really obvious what that is. Like Jesus leveraged his life for people that he loved. Jesus forgave people when it wasn't easy, when it wasn't fun. Jesus showed up for people when it was inconvenienced him. Jesus looked at what he had and said, you know what? I'm not, not going to leverage this for me. I'm going to leverage it for you. So um, I think that idea of love um, has a big impact on people's relationships. If we could get a hold of that, man, that, that would be great to love each other that way. Yeah. I would say the only benefit that the Christians have relationally is that they get a box seat to look into Jesus's life and to look at the perfect example of love to then live out in any relationship. Um, so yeah, don't take our sarcasm at the start of <laughs> Christians are immune from bad relationships. They're not. Um, Jesus is definitely. And we get to look at Jesus and aspire to live like Jesus, but we're definitely not immune. And there's some yep. pretty bad stuff that we've all done. And I'm sure you can look at many examples online and whatnot of, of Christians doing some bad stuff. So just to, just to clear that up, um, Chris, to finish off part one, yeah. um, we talked about the vine, right? The vine is in this, this text, John 15. I love John yep. 15, uh, my own wedding right. text, actually. So this is like, you speaking to me about how I need to love. My favorite um, verse in, in the entire New Testament is in John 15. Which one's that one? Um, I'm going to share it with you because you've got this question. Uh, Great. At the end, but I'll share it with you at the end. That's good. Um, because this, this passage talks about remaining in the vine. And so, Chris, I want to ask you, how can we ensure that we remain in the vine? And what does remaining in God's love actually tangibly look like? What can we give our listeners today so that they would, you know, get out of the car, listen to the podcast and go, yep, I know how to live as Jesus wants me to live. I know how to live in the vine. Yeah. And I think I, think I just... I... I guess the question's really, really good, but I think the question also hits on something that I just kind of think in Western culture and in Western Christianity that we we don't intentionally do, but it comes out and we ask this question, like, how do I live in the vine? And it's not a bad thing, but actually in that passage, um, Jesus in, in John 15, 5, he says, those who remain in me, which is kind of like what we said, but then he says this, and I in them will produce much fruit. So it's this idea of like, we're to remain in God, but we're also to allow God 
to remain in our lives. And when we allow God to remain in our lives, then we bear fruit. Because I think sometimes as Christians, we can do this like we can think we've like, oh, I went to church, I'm in a group, I serve, I did it, I'm connected, I'm connected, I'm connected. And Jesus is saying like, hey, you're doing a lot of stuff, but are you just being with me? Are you allowing me to remain in you? So I think off of that, there's two questions. It's like, how does God remain in me? And then how do I remain in Jesus? Or how does Jesus remain in me? And how do I remain in Jesus? And um, I think you need to know if you want to, if you want to remain in Jesus, then I think you kind of need to know what Jesus cares about and the things that he is, um, is focused on really. And so I would say there's a, there's a great passage in Timothy to Timothy three. It says all scripture is inspired by God. And here's what it's useful for. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize here's what I love. Make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Cause I think a lot of times we go to, we go to the new Testament, we go to the Bible and we read like, Hey, where's my inspiration? Well, Paul's writing to this young pastor, Timothy, and he goes, Hey, one of the things that it does is it points out all the areas where you don't stack up in your life. It says it corrects us where we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So if you want to be remaining in Jesus, you need to know some of the things that Jesus teaches. Why? So you can become more and more like Jesus. And so you can root out those bits and pieces in you that kind of resist. And if you want to do something really practical, um, something I did last year is that um, every month I would read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and I would read through them every month. And I know that sounds like, oh, it's like oh, so much reading. It's not really. There's 89 chapters in the gospels. You read three chapters a day, which is not a lot. You read three chapters a day, like seven minutes of reading. You'll finish them in like 29, 30 days. You'll knock them out in a month. Easy. <laughs> so the next part of that is like, how does God remain in me? And then the second part is how do I remain in God? And funnily enough, how God works. I was just reading this um, this morning in my, um, when I was hanging out with Jesus and I thought, oh, this would be actually really good for the podcast. And one of the ways that we remain in God is by obeying the word, obeying what Jesus has to say. And James talks about this in chapter one, verse 22. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. Don't just go, don't just listen to messages. Don't just listen to worship music. You must do what it says. He says, otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. And we, we all know people like this, right? Like we have our unchurched friends or people who are kind of unsure of faith. And the reason they're unsure is because you're like, hey, all those people can quote the Bible to me, but they just like don't live it out. He says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And so I think we remain in God by kind of taking this, <clears throat> taking the word seriously, embedding it in our hearts, not just embedding it in our hearts, but then also um, listening to it. And this is my favorite passage because Jesus says this, and I love it. I'm he ready. Says in, John, in John 15, 14, he says, you are my friends. And he says, here's how you become my friend. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friend since I have told you everything the father told me. 
You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you for whatever you ask using my name. This is my command. Love each other. I just love that passage because I think it says so clearly, Hey, if you want to be my friend, you don't just got to know what I teach. You got to go and do what I teach. And I've told you what's important to me. And I've told you how to follow me because you're not a slave. You're my friend. So the choice is up to you, but you're only my friend. If you do the things that I, I talked about, don't try and call yourself my friend or my follower. If you just want to hear it and then not put it into practice. Awesome. That's a, a fantastic practical way to round out this uh, beyond the message episode. Part one, love dates and heartbreaks knocked off. Chris, how good is that? I've got you mid sip mid sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, we've got Perco next week. We've got you back for parts three and four and some bonus episodes in between that. Thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, we will catch you next week for part two of Beyond the Message, Love, Dates and Heartbreaks.